0: Reporting. Red ten standing by. Red seven standing by. Red three standing by. Red six standing by. Red nine standing by.
1: You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment
2: reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. Laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing Season 3, Episode 7 of Rebels, titled Imperial
1: Super Commandos. But, uh, Tom, why don't you give us a little bit more about the episode? Oh, sure, I can do that. This is Season 3, Episode 7, Imperial Super Commandos, as Stephen just said. This was written by Christopher Yost and directed by Stuart Lee. So the synopsis is. Having lost contact with, contact with the Protectors of Concord Dawn, Sabine, Ezra, and their captured leader, Fen Rao investigate what happened. But they find the base has been taken over by Imperial Mandalorians. So we get a good look into what happened to the Mandalorians after the Clone Wars. They're, they do not appear to, so far, be pacifists. But uh, we'll see how it continues as the season goes on. <laughs> you never know. Well...
0: I, I think... I, I, yeah, I mean, we, we don't know the, the 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 what the political landscape is yet, but uh, you know okay. I, I, I think they said we don't know a ton, right? We know bits and pieces. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think they had said in the past, to your point, Tom like they they went through this peaceful period in their in their in their uh, history, and now you know they go back into their warrior past So they. They they just wanted to add some change things up a bit and make it more interesting in the Clone Wars. I know you're not a big fan of that, Tom.
1: I was but, not um, a fan of the the pacifism of, of the Mandalorians. I it would find I would find it very fascinating if at this point they do have the Imperial Mandalorians, they have the Protectors of Concord Dawn Mandalorians, and if there just so happens to be a splinter group, a minor splinter group of still pacifism Mandalorians, if that is even possible, but. You know, I I just like the Mandalorians being Mandalorians. That whole thing just mm. was a bad taste in my mouth. So.
0: Yeah, but I mean, we haven't we haven't seen at least we haven't seen that in the show for a long time. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, and it, 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 it'll be interesting um, the amount of years and if they get into the actual Civil War with the Mandalorians and and how. I think
2: you can be guaranteed we'll see some of it based yeah. on what we heard in this episode.
1: Yeah, I I would love to see how it all just fell apart. And how it did split out to where they just, if they did get rid of their whole pacifism ways, that they went back to the whole warrior side of being Mandalorians. So yeah,
0: well, I mean, let's let's talk about what what has happened um, since I mean, since we're on the to- since we're on this topic already. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the at the end of <clears throat> the end of um, the Clone Wars, we know that Maul came and. Uh, and basically conquered the Mandalorians and ruled yep. them for some time.
2: mm
0: mm-hmm. uh, This we came, so,
2: comes from the Ahsoka book, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was, you know, it's been discussed in, I think it was in the Maul comic as well. Um, uh, uh, anyway, so we, we know, that, like, Maul takes over the Mandalorians and uh, Sabine has heard of Maul. We talked about this in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, now well, wait a minute. there's Did she
1: actually meet Maul? Because I thought there was a certain point in which somebody said that he was your leader.
0: Yeah, yeah. Remember because when Maul kidnaps her right. got it got it got it got, it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, in Maul seconds.
1: was the one who said it. Too early in yeah. the morning, guys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh
2: uh yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh for those listening we're recording this at uh you know, eight o'clock in the morning on a on a Saturday due to two schedules. So um yeah, so it will be it'll be fun. We're all um, just a bit sleepy. Yep. Um but, uh, so, so we know Sabine was a Mandalorian, uh, and at some point, this is where things kind of get interesting, um, she leaves, and we don't really know why, we, we know that Sabine's actually gone through a lot of stuff in her life, but right? she, she, she leaves the Mandalorians and joins the, uh, the Imperial Academy. After the Imperial Academy, she, uh, becomes a bounty hunter for a while, and then eventually joins with the Rebels, so she has a lot of history for, uh, what? 17 19 year olds like that
2: yep
0: she's done a lot a lot more than i did at 19 uh and she joined like she's been a bounty hunter and a soldier and a mandalorian and anyway uh now a rebel fighter um but uh but now fenn calls her a traitor in this episode we don't really know why and there's also a little backstory about her her mom as well steven why do you think she's called a traitor i'll say
2: there's The funny part is there's a lot of options here. We know she's Mm Vizla, and that Mm -hmm. is uh, grounds for Fenn to call her a traitor. On the other hand, we know she went to the Academy, and we're led to believe that she went to the Academy uh, to help do something for her mother. Mm -hmm. And if she left the Academy, that could have had some repercussions that could lead to people calling her a traitor. Mm -hmm. Or it could be unrelated to that, but just the fact that she joined the Rebels and left the Empire. Even though Mandalorian... And left the
0: Brotherhood, yeah. basically. The yeah. like,
2: there's there's a lot of interesting options here.
1: I think it probably has to do with her at the Imperial Academy, because mm-hmm. who's to say that if she continued on, she would have been part of these Imperial Mandalorians. But maybe it got to a certain point to where she just didn't want to be part of that, and that's why she left to join the Rebellion, and that's why she's mm-hmm. considered a traitor.
0: Could be, yeah. Could I because mean, Fenrao is he, he is he's all about his protectors, right? And he, he says in this episode that the protectors are loyal to the throne and they recruit the best warriors from all of the clans. Uh, and, and a bit later, he talks about how he how her leaving destroyed her family's honor and her family's name and, and, and standing. Um, uh, it's, when she abandoned the Imperial Academy. So apparently they, they sent her to the Imperial Academy mm-hmm. is what it sounds like. And by leaving, she shamed everybody. So maybe that's what he, he means just by being a traitor. Like we sent you to the Imperial Academy. Um, and uh, and you, you disappointed us. Uh, the interesting thing is now we have these Imperial Mandalorians and the Imperial Mandalorians are different from the protectors. Mm-hmm. Uh but the protectors sent Sabine or or the the same faction that the protectors align with sent Sabine to the Imperial Academy so they're clearly loyal to the empire on some level but they're not the imperial mandalorians is that it, correct
1: it seemed it seemed to me that the imperial mandalorians were more of the let's just say the shock troopers of the stormtroopers mm You know, they they are the ones, yes, they're Mandalorian, and they swear allegiance to the Empire, whereas you've got, you know, the Protectors of Concord Dawn, they're more of the, you know, soldiers of the actual uh, Mandalorians. Um, So... See, the way I interpret
2: it is, Mandalore is an imperial territory. I think, uh, yeah, is it Ezra who mentions that during this episode, I believe? And so, to me, it feels very much like you have... Fen'Rao, who is uh, basically not happy that the Empire is there, but is not actively fighting it. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, you have, uh, kind of as part of this arrangement, I imagine, you have the Imperial Super Commanders, who are kind of like the hardcore Empire faction on -hmm. on Mandalore.
1: And then you have the flip side of Sabine, who is a Mandalorian, who basically is rebelling against the occupation or the siding of the Mandalorians with the Empire. So, right, but it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of those. No, it doesn't, especially if they're saying that she is, um, you know, she's a traitor. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it would be interesting to find out how many of those Mandalorians are out there that are not happy with the Imperial uh, occupation of Mandalore, if that is the case, or the working yeah. with the with the uh, Imperials. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very interesting. And another interesting comment. I think
1: <clears throat> this is a. Uh...
0: Probably to me, the most interesting part of the episode is the, the the Mandalorian dynamic and Sabine's backstory, which is it's nice to get a little bit more. Again, we didn't get quite as much as I would have liked, but um, got a, a few hints here. And we find out that, well, two things. We find out that one, um, as, as Saxon says, Sabine's mother stands with him in the Empire now. Mm-hmm. And she calls him, you know, a liar for saying that and, and, and dismisses it, tells, uh, tells Ezra not to believe him, um, which, which was the first interesting part. And, and the second one is that Saxon actually says that she has been looking for Sabine. Which, yeah, I thought that was mm, really interesting. That was interesting. Very interesting. And brand new why why do you, who who do you, do you do you think Sabine's mother is someone we know? And why was she looking for Sabine? Like why 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 is Sabine not contacting her own mom?
2: It's it's interesting. I mean we're kind of led to believe that Sabine's mom may be forced to be on the Imperial side by Fenn. And so, I don't know. This is like, they're. I feel like they're finally giving us enough backstory on Sabine that we can start to ask these kind of interesting questions. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the final point where we really have more questions. They've given us an answer, and now we have more questions. Which is, a lo- I felt, was, was a long time in coming.
1: Yeah. I mean, that... Yeah, this apparently... Is... Sorry, go ahead, Tom. Sorry, Sabine's going to be a very interesting character. Uh, going forward, it seems like it seems like this whole with this episode, even though it was a very straightforward episode, they're setting up some really good storylines going forward concerning the Mandalorians and the Empire and the Rebellion, because toward the end you know, and and I know we always jump all over the place, but what happened at the end was like, okay well now there's another Mandalorian now with the Rebels so is this going to be a uh, start of a tidal wave of maybe more mm-hmm. that are going to be joining the rebellion again, you know,
0: which would be an interesting concept. Cause like we never really saw not that not, not that it can't happen because we didn't see it in the films, mm-hmm. but we never saw like a Mandalorian warriors fighting alongside the rebels. So it'd be very interesting if they, they go but, that route.
1: But that does kind of play into and I know people out there when it comes to Karen Travis, that even Karen Travis in her books had that there are factions within Mandalore that were fighting each other. I cannot remember oh, in, yeah. a book but I mean, the Mandalorians
0: war... are always at war, so yeah, I'm Yeah, but, but,
1: but in this case, they're to. at war with each other, the different clans. So this could be a very interesting dynamic that they're bringing that into Star Wars, into Rebels, that um, you will start seeing, you know...
0: Rao and his Mandalorians that's right. start to... Yeah.
1: And, and you may end up seeing these different clans starting to fight each other. We already know that, that you know, um, Visla Clan Visla is out there, because that's, that's Sabine, but, you know, and mm-hmm. then you've got... Uh, Fen Rao with his clan. So you've got all these clans. Now you're going to start seeing all these come together. And then supposedly out there as well, Bo-Katan is supposed to make an appearance.
2: Mm-hmm. So well, the way I keep looking at it is, one of the things we know about Dave Filoni and the kind of Lucasfilm Animation Group as a whole is that they like to weave these threads through Clone Wars. Like they they'd weave these th- uh, stories through Clone Wars, and they had an idea of what this what they wanted to tell, and given that I think the cancellation of Clone Wars probably surprised them in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. or was unexpected, they're slowly trying to bring back a lot of those threads into Rebels. Mm -hmm. And so I think we can fully expect to see a Mandalorian thread uh, Mm -hmm. throughout, maybe not, maybe (laughs) we'll see a little bit, I think this season, this is definitely the start. And I think we know Bo-Katan is going to show up this season but I expect we'll see a lot more, uh, I think she
0: was in the, in the future, as in well. the trailer, right? I, I believe I, I could have sworn she was in the trailer. Yeah. That's what
2: I'm remembering.
0: Uh, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it, it's interesting that you mentioned Vokatan Tom, mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah. Do you
1: think she is Sabine's mom? <sighs> you know, that would be, that would be an interesting, uh, that, that wouldn't be a twist. You would think in something like this, you would want to have an interesting twist. Now, uh, I doubt it would be Satine because Satine's not there. Unless, of course, right. that was Unless, of course, that was unless staged.
0: Sabine is
1: Obi-Wan's daughter. Oh,
2: let's not go there. Um, uh, okay. William, yeah, let's, let's tone it down a little bit.
1: Yeah,
0: please. <laughs> just throw it out. Yeah, but, but
1: unless, unless the, the Satine thing was staged. Okay, but I don't. I could see Bo-Katan as being an aunt mm-hmm. I think it would be too obvious yeah. if she was the mother. Mm-hmm. Just way too obvious. That, that I, she's I
2: hope that's not the route they go. I think it's it's a little too on the nose for them.
1: Yeah. 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 But it, it will be fascinating to see how this plays out because this this season with this episode again mentioned it was a very straightforward episode, but it is set up a lot of questions going forward that, Mm -hmm. you know, as as I've, as I've said many times, if you're going to uh, point out something specifically like a shotgun on a shelf, it better be used by the second act. Well, with all these threads that they laid out here, there should be some tie up going forward. Then in some cases we may not get some tie up for specific reasons. In some cases they may decide to explore it. Let's say a comic Mm -hmm. book or an actual book somewhere down the line. It depends on how they want to tell that part of the story. But there are plenty of threads at this point that would be very interesting going forward to explore.
0: Totally. Do you think we'll get a, a, a battle between or a conflict between Sabine and her mom as they're on either side?
1: That would depend that on, on the sides. But that would depend on the sides. If they end up well, on I know, the side... Mean, we, we know, uh,
0: assuming Saxon is, is telling the truth and sabine says he isn't but if he is telling the truth um it would be very interesting to see sabine and her mama on different sides of the conflict mm-hmm. and uh, and how they deal with that dynamic
2: yeah i don't i don't know how i feel about that to be honest no i, I just it feels a little too contrived easy for sabine like she's mm-hmm. she's already kind of that rebellious character i don't think like i i want to see her just being more rebellious with like her mom at
0: some point mm-hmm. is, i
2: don't know yeah it's, I, it's I, it doesn't feel like it brings anything new to her character
0: mm-hmm. true I, we do know she'll be a central character this season and but at one point leading up to the season they, they did say that she was she's almost going to be like the as much I mean, it's an ensemble cast, but you could argue that Ezra is kind of the central focus of the show. Yep. And they said leading up to the season, Sabine will kind of be as equally important as Ezra. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's fascinating. I'm very curious to find out who her mother is. They've kind of kept it in. They kind of only hinted at it what is that dynamic why did she leave the Mandalorians? there's lots to know and they just keep like doling out little hints every season and um, I would love to go more in depth and, and actually find out what's going on and I, I have a feeling we'll meet her mom
2: mm-hmm.
1: oh, yeah I, I it, think that's a guarantee yeah it's, it's destined there is a destiny to meet they will meet at some point in the season
2: destiny
1: yes so, but we might as well get mm. into, into the show because we've been talking a whole bunch of speculation here. Because, you know, <laughs> you know what I found interesting? It's like the show opens mm. with like Sabine and, and Fen Rao playing like this three-dimensional chess-like game. And and it seemed like Three it Three-dimensional knife chess? Yeah, it was like knife...
0: Yeah, knife was, chess. But it's not to Jarek, Different kind of chess. Yeah, it was, it was like interesting. 3D chess. That's yeah. projected by Chopper, actually, which is cool, too. Chopper's on chopper yeah, run.
2: It was a nice touch, I thought.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's all like with voice commands and stuff, so that that's cool. I, I found more interesting also that apparently Fenrau uh, Sabine visits Fenrau uh, because you'll remember at the end of uh, the Protector of Conquered Dawn, uh, wrote the thirteenth episode of, of last season, uh, <clears throat> Fenrau is captured by the rebels, and he orders his protectors to give the rebels safe passage through Mandalorian space. Um, and we, I think, at the time we we had. We criticized the episode a bit for having the sudden reversal of, of, of Rao, mm-hmm. where he, you know, he, he, at one point he was against them and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, okay, I'll help. And he's still imprisoned, but now he's helping. And he so he says later that he's, he only does that because, you know, it's in his best interest. Um, and it allows him I, to save him.
2: I thought Fenn was a very weird character for a lot of this episode. Okay. How so? I, I had a lot of trouble, and I think understanding his,
1: his, motivation. What his motivation was. Yeah.
2: yeah, and he was – the way he was blaming – just skipping forward ahead a little bit – the way he was blaming um, the rebels for everything that happened to his people just felt very – I don't know. I want to say
1: random almost. Random or easy. Yeah. Random or just yeah. easy to blame the rebels for everything.
2: Yeah, I, I guess it could have just been easy. I, I don't know. It just it didn't. I didn't feel like he had a strong arc, and maybe that's because he didn't. The end of last season is him going, or sorry, not last season. The end of the episode in the last season is him going willingly, and then he like to have him turn go from willingly part of the rebel, uh, you know, joining up with the rebels to some degree to like this. Well, they
0: they like, they boat. they forced his hand, right? They. They uh, maneuvered him. Well, I guess since we're talking about a virtual chess type of thing here, they basically put him in a checkmate and said, "No, you, you gotta, you gotta help us." So he didn't really want to help the rebels, but mm-hmm. he had no choice. True. Uh, I, that being I, guess said, just,
2: I wish that had been more clearly demonstrated in the previous season. I, I realize yeah. they kind of touched on it, but it, I, he should have. He seemed very—I uh, don't want to say willing to go along with it, but like he, almost like he gave up.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did feel like he was going back and forth a bit and maybe that was his intention, but you know, like he well, he at the very beginning of the episode, right? They they land on the planet or they're flying down to the planet and you know, Ezra is apparently a terrible prison guard and completely fails to watch uh Rao and you know, he knocks both Ezra and Sabine out and then they wake up and he's just on top of the hill like mm-hmm. the whole knocking out scene really did nothing like his whole escape attempt because we see him just standing there very depressed looking at the remnants of his his base which has been destroyed and he doesn't even resist when uh, when Ezra pulls the, the the blaster out of his you know limp hand mm-hmm. as he just staring straight ahead which is kind of a, a cool moment in, in some ways but um, you know it, it it, it was kind of like, oh, that's that's all he did. He he just went like 30 feet and stared. Depressingly well, well at you can look at
2: it. The idea is he didn't expect to see his people. Right. Like, that's true. Just,
0: yeah. yeah, that's they, true. They,
2: They're all that... wiped out.
0: But like, he didn't capture them. He just left them on the ship. I don't know. It just seemed too convenient or too too easy. Too like, I'm going to knock you out. Run 30 feet. Run over my base. And I guess he was hoping to take them prisoner again. I, I don't know. How that logic worked, Yep. Well, and then and then later, right, the, I guess the, the 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 bigger issue I had was he uh, you know, he he immediately blames the rebels as as you said, <clears throat> and uh, and a probe droid appears, and so the rebels quickly destroy the probe droid, and took a little they're not bit, sure, but they actually...
1: finally destroyed it.
0: Yeah, but they're not I... sure.
2: I'll say uh-huh. I, very quickly. I like the touch of Ezra holding the probe droid steady so that Sabine could shoot it.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which was it, was, very
2: it cool. was just it was a nice touch, a nice piece of teamwork that kind of emphasizes both the fact that Ezra is not as powerful as he might wish he is, but also that they make up for it by the fact that you know they're a team.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I did like that a lot, um, and and we actually see him use the force. A lot more in this episode for for smaller things, but uh, but the, the thing that struck me as odd is Ra says he doesn't want to leave with Ezra and Sabine, which at this point he's been disarmed right uh-huh. willingly. He is, so he has no more weapons, and Ezra and Sabine are like, well, we don't know if the Empire's coming, so we got to go now, and he's like, nah, I don't want to leave. And, oh, and then they're he alive. immediately immediately follow, follows it up before they can say anything else with, oh, and um, I know the location of your rebel base, so I'm sure that's going to be valuable to the Empire, like threatening to, you know,
2: yeah, their location. disclose
1: everything. Like,
2: well, as a side note, normally not a good idea to tell your prisoners where they're being held, like, yes. especially when you're in a secret base. Yeah, maybe don't let them see that. Okay, Which but is really dumb.
1: Th- these are one. kids. These I mean, are kids, they're still learning. Just kidding. Somebody's got to defend them. Yeah. Him.
2: Also, as another note, maybe don't keep the coordinates to your base in yeah. the ship you're taking on missions.
1: Yeah, that's the type of thing
2: like you memorize and or like encode or you know just not Especially leave.
0: Especially when the and Phantom is always in danger. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's yeah, the equivalent so. of putting the password on the post-it note on your computer.
1: Yeah. Wait a that, minute. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You're not supposed to do that. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, t- You see, I put it underneath my phone.
0: <laughs> but like, I didn't it, though that that whole moment with him where he's just he's just like, uh, nope, I don't want to come with you. Even though like you clearly have all the weapons and you have me imprisoned anyway, and mm-hmm. so why? Like, there's no reason that they would let him go. And now I'm gonna threaten you, even though I have no way to back up that threat because you can easily capture me again. Like, it just seemed like a uh, you know a, a useless gesture. It, no matter what tactical data they've attained, no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a hollow threat. Yeah, I was like, I, come on, Rao. I,
0: I feel like you're you're smarter than that.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the he was stunned. I mean, he comes in, he, he comes in and and basically all his protectors are gone. The thing was just you know wiped out by the. It, we end up finding out Imperial commandos that came later or Imperial.
2: Yeah, well, we're talking about things about uh, foul or Foul. Fen Rao that are annoying. Uh, I hated with a passion the scene where uh, fans like ah tune into their radios, and then you t- he tunes in and immediately hears the like villain monologuing about how ah yes we tricked these imperial commandos and we did it because they were here and we've always wanted to kill them always even before the rebels were here. It's like,
0: Ugh. well, and that really? immediately, and then Rao immediately is like oh well, I guess hope uh, you guys I'll join then. you. Yeah. Because uh, they were going to kill me anyway.
2: Yeah, like... I felt like if they... W- they need to either start with, like... Either don't do the whole, like, betrayal. Like, foul... F- God, I can't... Fen-Row. fen, oh, Rao. fen
1: Rao. This new yeah. name. Either don't...
2: I know. Either don't do the... F- just for the record, Frau is an actual word in German, which is... I
1: know. <laughs> yeah. Why I'm,
2: I'm going to blame that. Um, <laughs> and not the fact that it's 8 in the morning. But... <laughs> like either have Fenn decide and stick to the fact that he believes the rebels are responsible or don't like, or do it the other way. Don't do this like weird swap in between and have it. It just felt very forced in the way they did it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, it was very forced as very transparent as I was not a fan.
1: You know, the interesting thing I'll, I'll say about this episode and not so much. It was forced. It seemed like the way the episode was laid out everything was almost just too easy It just yeah. everything just went you know from step one to step two to step three to step four to step five there were there was no there was no i wouldn't say like almost a tad bit of gray area but it was just mm-hmm. set up to just go boom 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 boom. we're done and that's how exactly. it felt and that's nothing wrong with that i mean in some cases it's great storytelling um and it can people you know keep people interested but you know this episode was just straight. We're giving you all this information, however we're going to portray it, and we're done. Episode's over. Yeah.
0: Hmm. And I don't want to be like. I don't want to like sound like we're hating on the episode. I, I, oh, no, I no, did no. enjoy it.
1: Yeah.
2: Wow. yeah.
0: But it was it, it was it was fairly straightforward. Yep. I think. Um. And I I did like how we start to get more bits about Sabine and find out a bit more about the how the rebels are. Uh, not the rebels. The um, the Mandalorians are structured, and how you know. So I I, I enjoyed a lot of that as well. It doesn't always have to be action or or big reveals or something just right. to be to be super clear. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was more I, of the, uh, you know, Rao made a few, a few odd choices again that, that kind of left me like, huh, that's odd.
1: Mm. Yeah,
2: I will say, I. The scene where Ezra's being interrogated by uh I can't remember his name. Um,
1: is that Gar Saxon?
2: Gar Saxon, yes. Okay.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Very silly name, by the way. But I <laughs> I liked Ezra's Okay, I'm a a I'm a I'm a what was the first I'm a salvager yes. working for Hondo. Okay, no, you're right, that's not me. I'm Lando Calrissian, I'm a smuggler. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I, lo- I, I, I there, do. I do love that. Well, first because... he
0: said he was part of, a, yeah, Hondo Andaka's crew. Ezra just likes to name drop people. Yeah, and and hope he gets out of a situation. Like I'm a part of Hondo Andaka's crew. Oh, um, uh, you didn't believe that? I'm, uh, I'm, Lando, I'm Lando Calrissian. I'm looking mm-hmm. for treasure.
2: Well, you got to figure yeah. Lando's probably not well known at this point. No, I would hope.
0: Right. Although but... I wonder, like, you know, and I feel like it... so. I say this knowing that if they actually did it, it would feel very forced. But it would be funny if, like, there was a moment in the Han Solo spinoff where Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian scene is like, you know, gets wind of all these people using his name for various oh. things.
2: That would, be, that would
0: yeah, be very funny. It would be very I, forced. I, I
1: agree with you. Uh,
0: it would be but, a, a funny nod to But, I, and,
1: but that would be so. the thing. You would have to be watching the show to get that reference.
0: Yeah, it would be. That uh, they're right not going to do it, right? now, but it would be, yeah, I don't think.
1: No, yeah. it's just too off the mark.
2: But I will but, say one of the things you're pointing out that I, I like, or not that you, I can take that back. You didn't point it out. But talking about Lando, um, the reference, I, I'm not positive. I would guess the reference to Lando searching for treasure is probably a reference to the uh, Lando Calrissian adventures that came out a long time ago. Because so I think the that. the plot <laughs> of all three of books in that series are lando searching for treasure
0: yeah you're right you're right or is it uh, a reference to the uh han solo film no i think it's the books
2: i think it's the books i mean it could be both yeah
0: which is actually which is really cool though and i like how they're they, they you know subtly nod to, to that fact how he's a you know he's a, he's a treasure hunter and, mm. and stuff which is which is good
2: mm.
0: yeah which is, which is very good we also uh you know i think uh we we hear we hear a bit more about Rao here where he actually is willing to sacrifice Ezra. He says pawns are meant to be sacrificed, uh calling Ezra a pawn, which is,
2: that was a uh, I again, a I know he knows he's a Jedi. That is like
0: a Rao, yeah.
2: Yeah. Calling a, a Jedi ever a pawn is a, a pretty uh bold statement, I think. Uh huh. I think Sabine is more of a pawn in that respect than like Ezra is.
1: Yeah, but, but you uh, take I a mean, look at it. Pawn, but... No,
2: obviously neither. Okay. But if one's okay. more like, I... yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. But I, I would say, take a look at it from the Mandalorian point of view. Have the Mandalorians ever really got along with Jedi? So to them.
2: Yeah, but that makes them even less of a pawn. They're, they're competitors.
1: But I think in this case, if, if you look at it from the point of view of Finn, that Ezra is not a fully developed Jedi. He's still a Padawan. So in this case, he could be a pawn or expendable because the one you would probably want to have around would be more of the Jedi Master or a fully trained Jedi. So, uh, you know, and then the uh, other thing in, in this whole thing, the interrogation that was going on with Gar Saxon and, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, Ezra, the thing that tipped his hand that kind of made Gar not do anything was every time that Gar tried to shoot uh, chopper because that was the thing to try and get you know ezra to come clean on the his true identity mm-hmm. ezra kept using the force to kind of deflect the blaster bolt so he was able to yeah. save chopper from being blasted but that also played against ezra because then gar saxon knew he had a jedi with him
2: mm-hmm. and so it was kind of of, fun to
0: see him, him do that though you yeah know, to constantly like at the last minute, just pull the blaster out of the way so he couldn't shoot accurately yep i think steven you had something
2: I was gonna say it, it. I wish Ezra had tried to be maybe a little more subtle. Uh, subtle, yeah. But like, He's let learning. me close my eyes and gesture my hands was like, hmm. No wonder he thinks you're a Jedi. He's yeah. learning.
1: You know, give, give, he he doesn't have the he doesn't have the old trick like Obi Wan where he just sits there and moves a couple fingers and says, "Move along, move along." He doesn't have that down yet.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, now I have to I have to ask you guys. um, the uh, so we, we find out that uh, Saxon is a member of Clan Vizla, I think as we mentioned before, like Sabine, and he wanted to be the ruler of Ma- Mandalore, but he had no honor. So, uh, but the Empire put him in charge anyway. Uh, but uh, his whole group of um, Imperial Mandalorians were interesting, they had jetpacks, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So Sabine actually gets a jetpack. Uh, Were they based on
2: the original Boba Fett designs?
0: I think so, and that's what I was going to say. Okay. They looked like concept um, Mandalorians or so concept prepared. Boba Fett to me. Especially yeah. with like, the very white armor. Like Their armor is almost bright white, many yep. of them, yeah. uh, and almost untextured. It looked like original Mandalorian concept art. And I, I'm not an expert in... Macquarie enough to be able to verify that for for sure without a bunch of research. but yeah, totally looked like it to me. Uh, I'm glad I'm not the the only one who thought that.
2: <laughs> oh, not even a little bit. <laughs> like yeah, going you crazy
0: can. or is that are those like concept concept art troopers, basically. yeah. Um, but I I really enjoyed that
1: and that's actually one of the best things I like about the series and Dave Filoni and charge is they're able to pull all that stuff and bring it into you know make it instead of concept it's actual stuff and actual practical you know they're they're using that stuff which is I I love I love that I love how they do that
0: oh me too me too sometimes it's a little bit too far like when they do the concept Yoda and Yoda just feels out of place in in Rebels um and i'll be honest as much as i liked the design it did feel like the concept mandalorians were almost too too almost simple call up that now too untextured and simple um yeah. in in some ways but uh, it's a minor minor thing um but uh, Fen Rao he he runs over to the the phantom, the waiting phantom while Ezra and and Sabine are, are dealing with. Okay, wait
1: a minute. Saxon. Are you talking a phantom, the phantom or two, the... or the Scythipede? No, not Scythipede. Oh God, it's
0: sheathipede. Oh whatever, sheathipede. We're done. And you stole my reference. I was gonna sneak in a sheathipede reference. Sorry. But, uh...
1: I thought I, I thought I'd cut <laughs> you off at the pass. Because you know, even Peel couldn't let you get get away with that one
2: oh uh, jeez.
1: Yeah. okay done let's move on that's been said
2: yeah we're done
1: please. thank you okay thanks for watching this episode no uh, no no yeah, no. We're we, still to go. we still have some more to go we some
0: wait they're watching this episode i didn't know we had video on yeah
1: thank god we're not video, <laughs> <Okay>. no video <laughs> but,
0: uh, the sheath has a, oh, a brand oh. new paint scheme as they they mentioned in the in the last uh in the last episode i'm just gonna call it now forget the phantom just it's, it's the, the phantom, um uh, the the has a new paint scheme as they they mentioned in the in the last episode, which is which is great. And um, but anyway, Rao steals the ship, and rather than rescuing Ezra and Sabine, he just flies off and completely leaves them behind. And so they're basically forced to surrender because uh, Saxon walks up, and this is where we have that whole conversation about Sabine's mom and their their. Uh, you know, they they really have no escape at this point. But Sabine comes up with a, a pretty cool plan. And I feel like I feel like Rao or sorry, Saxon could have done a better job getting out of this situation. But she basically she basically surrenders and puts her helmet on top of Chopper. Um, now, I don't know why she needed to take her helmet off to surrender and then walk over to Chopper and place the helmet on it's top not pitches at all. Which it, is why it, like and who puts their helmet on top of the droid instead of like on the ground. So yeah, that, from that standpoint, I'm like, uh Saxon, are you really paying attention here? Um, He's gullible. But, uh, <laughs> He's gullible. <laughs> gullible Saxon. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh, but after that, once once they get to that point, it was I did enjoy how Sabine gives Chopper the order and Chopper blasts a very high pitched. Fre- uh, frequency through the uh, the microphones and the headsets of um, all the Mandalorians, basically, you know, incapacitating them or making it so they, you know, they're they're so distracted by this noise that they're able to fly away with Sabine's jetpack,
1: which was which was nice. And she always wanted one of those, didn't she?
2: I, know, I, was, I was hoping this would be the moment Sabine gets a jetpack for the rest of the series, but yeah. not today.
0: It's, yeah, it was quickly destroyed, and and just as she gets on the uh, on the Phantom too, right? She's already on the Phantom, and Saxon just destroys her her jetpack, which is very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, who doesn't love jetpacks? But we did mm-hmm. give us a cool scene where we have Sabine and Chopper, uh, and you know, Sabine is holding on to Ezra. For, for dear life, and Ezra's reaction Ezra's like she, whoa. Like, grabs him with a, a big bear hug and flies away uh, was, was definitely interesting. Uh, he's like, whoa! Um, but they... Uh, they...
2: You... What's Sorry, theory? go ahead. I was going oh, to cool. say, we didn't really talk about it, but I really liked the sequence where they were flying through the canyons with uh, and, you know, they were hanging on top of each other, mm-hmm. or Ezra was hanging on. Yeah. It was, it was a really well-done sequence. One of yeah, my favorite parts of the episode.
0: Yeah, it was a awesome action piece there. And, you know, first she's like holding onto Ezra and then he starts dangling and, and that he, he pulls out his lightsaber, you know, he's she's holding him with one hand and he's using his lightsaber to deflect the uh, incoming fire back at the Mandalorians. And, and then he, uh, he, he ends up jumping from one Mandalorian to another and, and taking them out. Uh, it was, it was a very cool scene as they're, they're flying through this, this Canyon
1: very well storyboarded very nice
0: uh, yeah and of course that leads to the big confrontation at the end next to the mandalorian ship
1: and it was interesting uh, how they were using uh, chopper to try and locate that ship because the, because the whole time during the fight i was like chopper find that ship find the ship and then they finally find it which that did end up being um Fen Rao came back and saved the day at this case yeah, which is, I guess
0: like if the, if the ship was there, they probably could have stolen it. And I don't know. I, I guess Rau's rescue was definitely, definitely sped things up and, and helped mm. them a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he comes in and, uh, picks up Ezra and chopper and Sabine's there in a, in a nice hand to hand, uh, fight versus Saxon. And, uh, before he can he could take her out, she uh uh, uh Rao blows up the Mandalorian ship. I, I'm trying. I'm completely blanking on the name of it. I I, I know what it is. But, you mm-hmm. know, it's. Do you guys remember it all?
1: I can't remember um, offhand. Cool design though. Uh, great great ship. Yeah, it, and
0: uh, oh, it'll will come to me in in just a minute. That's okay. Um, blows up the ship, and that gives Sabine the opportunity. To escape yep it just... do, you, do you think do you think Rau's return uh, made sense in his change of heart at the end of the episode I'm not saying it, it is just well to...
1: it's it's an interesting question like I was mentioning earlier I think it'll be fascinating to see you know how many Mandalorians are not happy with uh, imperial occupation or working with the Imperials um, what are the clans are the clans going to be, you know, fighting against each other? Is it going to be, you know, like I said, is it going to be a, a three, you know, uh, a three society fight? You've got still, maybe there are some small batch of pacifists left over. You've got, you know, the Imperial, you know, the Imperial Mandalorians, and then you've got Fenn, who may take a couple extra Mandalorians off to the side, to the rebellion. So, you know, was it, Was it an easy thing to sit there and to sit there and and see him come back and have a change of heart toward the end? It's interesting. And we'll see how it all plays out as the season goes. It just seemed like, as I mentioned before, this was a very straightforward episode that just kept moving point to point to point to point to point to to set up plenty uh, of storylines going forward and plenty of questions going forward. And it seemed like that, that how he played the end game in this episode, we'll find out later what the consequences will be mm-hmm. so mm-hmm.
2: well i i get the feeling this season especially is really about the beginning of the rebellion going from these kind of one system groups into a much larger organization and i right. think bringing in uh the mandalorians is pro- i hope going to be kind of a a key piece to that
1: well whatever yeah. mandalorians are going to join i mean that's the thing it's, it's well sure the, i mean you're not going to get the whole planet to join but yeah. you get
0: some people or some factions yeah which, get... now, you know, now we've seen we've seen over the series as they start to amass their uh their their i want to say their their empire which is not <laughs> accurate not uh, quite the right word but yeah' not, not the right word choice there but uh, as they're you know recruiting more and more people mm-hmm. for their cause yeah so
1: more people toward the rebellion
0: but he joins because he realizes that you know Sabine hasn't forgotten the Mandalorian ways, and you know the Mandalorians are all about the the brotherhood, right? And and, and um and so Rao is surprised that she was willing to die for her people, even though they weren't Mandalorian. And, uh, uh, which is kind of funny because that, that's really what the Mandalorians have always been about, right? Uh, mm. They'll at least in the in the the Karen Travis books doesn't matter if you were born Mandalorian or. Right if you just join the Mandalorians, uh, you know, once you join and you're accepted, you're, you're, you're a, a part of the family. Yep. You're a Mando.
1: You're a Mando. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah.
0: So. Vote a on. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I think, I think we're about ready to just go straight on to our ratings. Cause the, the episode basically was just straightforward. It was, yeah, yeah. it was,
0: it was enjoyable, but it was, it was fairly straightforward. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what your ratings are. So, Tom, you want to go first?
1: Sure. Um, as you all know, I, I like the Mandalorians. I have even named my dog Sabine. So um, excellent choice. Excellent choice. And it fits. You're her.
0: known on Twitter as Cal Scarada. Yeah, That's you're true. not a Mandalorian fan at all. That's true. I'm not a Mandalorian <laughs> fan at all.
1: Um, and as you have as also heard, I do reference Karen Travis every once in a while. I know she can be polarizing, but I do bring that up because I just I liked her portrayal of the Mandalorians. Um, as I've said before, and, and this was a very just straightforward episode and it just seemed like nothing against it. I'm not knocking the episode for being straightforward because in some cases on a season like this, if you have an episode that is straightforward, it can be a good break in, in other episodes that are not as straightforward, that are very intense. Um, this one did keep moving the story forward. Um, I am going to have to give this, uh, a very solid seven rating. Um, Not knocking the episode at all. It was a very good, solid episode. It just kept the the story moving forward. Um, I am going to take my seven Womp Rats. And um, it really wasn't the Imperial Mandalorians who accidentally blew up the Protectors of Concord Dawn. It were the seven... Womp rats who were trying to become Mandalorians uh, to be accepted into the clan that when they first put on their jet packs, they kind of kind overheated them. So that's what happened.
2: Okay. S- Steven? Yeah. So for me, um, so I, th- I thought it was a very straightforward episode, but I also kind of, I, to me, that I think that was kind of a negative.
1: Hmm,
2: um, really, I just I thought felt like the entire episode was just kind of boring.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, and I I really liked a lot of the stuff for with Sabine. It was just it was it was missing something for me. Um, there were some it was like some cool moments that were missing a lot of uh, like a connective story tissue. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that. I think for me, I think I'm gonna have to give it maybe a, a six out of 10 Womp Rats. Uh, like I, it was worth watching once. I just don't know if I'll ever feel the need to go back
1: to it. And, and to, to I would agree with you on that one. Um, I, I agree. This is one of the episodes in which you can watch once, you get the gist, move on to the next.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, but for me, the thing is my, my six Womp Rats Fen made a mistake. His people were not killed by airborne Imperial Super Commandos. It was airborne womp rats. Ah six of them on attack. Wiped out the entire everyone. It was so, uh it was a, a very sad day.
1: So technically it was a combination of my womp rats and your womp rats that did in the protectors of Concord Dawn. Yeah. Okay.
0: Poor protectors. So mm-hmm. so in total you gotta, you gotta feel bad.
1: In total, it was thirteen Womp rats that did him in. Yeah.
0: You gotta watch out. Thirteen Womp rats are very, very dangerous.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, William, uh, what do you got?
0: Yeah, I again, um, I enjoyed the episode. I think it's probably the um, this is it's probably the weakest of the of season three so far that being said season three has been extraordinarily strong and fantastic so that that's not saying a whole lot right that's not yeah. that's not a, a knock mm-hmm. really i think uh and you know there there's there's all episodes will be the episodes will vary quite a bit and we've had an extremely strong uh and great quality bar this this season uh and so i think this one was a good episode it was it was fun um it wasn't it wasn't uh, particularly impactful, it, but it did grow Sabine's character uh, a bit more, and we got a bit more uh, hints about her, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I would love at some point to to actually get a, a few more concrete details and stop like beating around the bush when it comes to uh, her past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like after three seasons, I'd like to know a bit more about her. Um, I, I feel like
2: we're getting there. Yeah, we're, we're I, getting there. And I,
0: I have a feeling it'll happen this season. And I know yeah. this season's supposed to have some fantastic Sabine episodes, like some of the best work the series has, has ever done. Um, and so I, I know it's building up to it. And so I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, so for this one, I think I'm going to give it um, I'm going to give it seven and a half Womp Rats. And uh, these seven and a half Womp Rats were, well, Fenrir is very disappointed about his, uh, his his protectors being destroyed, but you know who well, the the, his, the base was actually comprised of Womp Rats. You thought it was Mandalorians? No, it's Mandalorian Womp Rats. So Womp Rats. let's so you're 13
1: Womp Rats. They didn't kill Mandalorians. Oh no, they they were the protectors of Concord Dawn. They were. <clears throat> yeah, Mandalorian the Mandalorians Womp Rats. are are the protectors of Concord Dawn.
0: Um, and your Womp Rats took out, combined, took out my seven Womp Rats. Uh, seven and a half.
2: Uh, so, so wow. what happened to the original Mandalorians?
0: <laughs> You'll have to ask the Womp Rats that. Yeah, you're going oh, to Oh, wait, you can't. They're all dead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the mystery continues. Find out next time on
0: um, <laughs> Iron Cannon <laughs> Actually, that's a good question. I don't know if that's one thing we didn't talk about uh, during the, the review. Um, do you think, are all the Protectors wiped out? Like, are they completely I, gone or just this camp?
2: I think it's just this camp. Yeah, oh, I would think it's just the I camp.
0: Okay. because cool. I don't know is, like, does Fowl lead all... Fowl, now Steven's got me doing it. Does Fen <laughs> Rao leave lead all the Mandalorian, all the protectors? Mm-hmm. Um, or is he just lead, leading this one group or base or faction, whatever you want to call yeah, it? I, I don't know.
1: I think it was just the camp.
0: If it, if it was the, if it was all the protectors, then I feel like they it, it didn't have the same impact. Mm-hmm. Cause like, we also didn't see them get destroyed. We just walked up and there was just some smoke and
1: right. Yeah.
0: That's it. That's it. So anyway. Okay,
1: cool. Yeah. Well, we got coming up on the next Iron cannon podcast. It's going to be rebel season three, episode eight iron squadron. Ezra and Sabine join forces to subdue a young ace pilot and his crew who are foolishly risking their lives. This is the only way they can defend their home. I'd like to have hmm. a little bit more in that synopsis because it, it's it's a good synopsis, but uh, risking their lives to defend their home—it's like what is going on?
0: A young ace pilot sounds like uh, Porkins.
1: Someone—it
0: <sighs> sounds like someone we might know from Rogue Squadron, right? We already have wet, the introduction of of Wedge and uh, Hobby. Porkins. I
2: mean, could it be,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm very curious to see who, who this is. I have a feeling it'll be someone of importance of note. Yeah. Yeah. Like really a young ace it, pilot. It's gotta be someone important. Who's going to be in rogue squadron. Yeah. I like your Parkins one. Yeah. I, Port- it, it's the Porkins origin story. Yeah. Porkins, which I would love.
1: <laughs> that would be a boatload of fun if it was Porkins. <clears throat> oh.
0: Iron I, Iron Squadron, yeah. I wonder what that is a reference to.
1: That's very, I don't know. We'll find out. Very yeah. interesting. Yep.
0: We'll find out next week. I, I I was very um. I don't know about you guys. I was I forgot that we were the show was taking a week off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned yep. at the top of the cool. show. So I went to watch the episode, and there wasn't one, and I was very very sad. Like, <laughs>
2: Wait, are they? They're taking another week off after this one? No, no. Sorry, last. Week, oh, okay. It's
0: been two weeks since, our, since we last recorded. Yeah, uh, yeah Okay, and, that's, yeah,
2: that's where I was as well. Yeah, so. that's yeah. That's what so I, thought I you know,
0: I, I, on the day Rebels normally comes out, I you know uh, opened up my uh, my computer, went to go watch it, and that's not there. And it would kind of uh, kind of ruined the day for me in some ways. <laughs> <sighs> so
2: another yeah, feeling. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, okay. Anyway. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, I, I believe it should be next week. I don't think they're taking a week off this time with uh, with our review of Iron Squadron.
1: Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, IonCanonCast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at IonCanonCast.com. The Ion Cannon podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2016.